Hello and welcome to Court Games, a podcast of the Legend of the Five Rings community, funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon. This podcast focuses on the RPG stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. And I'm Kakita Kaori. So, what are we up to this week? What's the news? The news. We have the City of Remembrance fanzine, which is out, and that's looking really cool. Uh, it's a Legend of the Five Rings fanzine. Uh, which you probably guessed, because I don't think we would have mentioned it if it was something else. But the City of Remembrance fanzine has, is out, and it's got stories, fan art, story ideas, articles and things. It looks really, really interesting, and I think you might want to check that out. Also, the Table of Yours podcast, which is a L5R podcast that has dramatic readings of the L5R fictions, has its first anthology of the starter fictions up for those who like to read it as all a big block. Normally, we read one at a time. So that's for those who prefer audiobooks. Uh, Hopefully, you can enjoy those. And I believe that there's a recording that's in that anthology which has not been part of the other recordings up till now. That is true. It has a little something from the RPG. Uh, meanwhile, Shiro Daijoji has some great Primer articles for each of the clans on their website, and we'll have a link to that in our show notes. So if you're new to Legend of the Five Rings, or you want to introduce people to Legend of the Five Rings, that may well be a useful set of resources for you. Yes, it's got both RPG and LCG primer pieces for it. So it gives you a nice, well-rounded base for each clan on there at the same time. And finally, there's the Last Province podcast. It has another new podcast up discussing the recent Imperial fictions. If you haven't listened to The Last Province, it is a extremely long generally lore-based, but also a fair bit of LCG-based discussion and commentary. Its claim to fame, other than having some colorful personalities, is that Robert Denton, who is one of the story writers on that, he always has a lot to say. So, And we have a new story out this week. Uh, this is called Tactical Maneuvers by Nancy M. Sawyer. This was the prize fiction related to the victory at Worlds by the Crane clan. The prize was to determine who would accompany Doji Kazunabu, who is uh, Doji Hotaru's husband, to the Foxlands. And uh, if you were the shogun, if you were the winner of the entire tournament, you got to pick exactly who went with him uh, as the story prize. So this is the fiction from that. I think they gave, they gave a series of options. You could have someone from this family who will do this, or someone from this family who will do this other thing. That's true. So if you sent a Kikita, the prize was that you would defend Kuzunobu from one of the threats of mm-hmm. uh, the Kitsune Mori. So he chose Kakita Kazin for purely meme-tastic reasons, because if you are familiar with the Craig community online, Kaizen with his somewhat westernized appearance... Uh, oh yeah, that guy, yeah. ...is a large source of amusement and memes among the Crane community. It's not that we don't like him. He's a Kishinjin. We love all our Kishinjin. But uh, we are amused by him. And so he it, won. Is he based off... I seem to call his card art is based off a specific person? Yes. One of the original LCG designers named Brad Andrews, um, I believe, is the source of the picture. Anyway, 
in the story, Kakita Asame, who is the daughter of, who I believe is the Karu or, you know, Kakita Yoshi's daimyo of the Kakita's second in command. But she's a, she's a nice doji diplomat schooled Kakita, Kakita Asami, and her Kishinzen Yojimbo, Kakita Kaizen, have been captured and are being kept hostage by Matsu Seishin. Oh, well, uh, uh, no, 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 no. That was Hostage, before. hostage, in big inverted commas, because <laughs> you don't have hostages during war. More of a, what's the term, a guestage. A guestage. <laughs> <laughs> she has like been. Po- she's been politely uh, invited to stay as long as... She likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as she doesn't leave. In this story, she uses her deft diplomacy and use of favors to negotiate both of their way out of captivity. Uh, and this is a big success. And it's a fun story for seeing how the doji do the favor game, how mm. they play the game of gifts and uh, to smooth the way of any particular negotiation that they might want. Yeah. So so she uses that. As a result of their success, uh, they are sent to accompany Doji Kozunabu, who is, as I said, husband of the Crane champion, to the Kitsune clan to negotiate for assistance to the Crane, because the Crane are really in bad shape, especially if they're asking the minor clans for help. Hmm. in the story, they are attacked by a forest spirit, but they live, uh, accidentally offending the spirits in the process. And then Kosunabu <laughs> does manage to outmaneuver a Koto Kage, who mm. is a, a Koto sensei, a very, very revered senior, a Koto sensei, who is in Kitsune lands mostly to cause trouble for the crane and unicorn. Finally, Kosunabu uses the threat of a duel and his own Kishinzen to force Kage to back down and leave in humiliation. Uh, my favorite quote from that whole thing <laughs> with about that was like, one didn't need to win a stare down when one had a Kenshinzen to stare for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is, it seems like a very, very kind of true thing. <laughs> Yes, there's special staring lessons at the Kikita Dueling Academy. I can only assume so. <laughs> well, the stare down is an important part of the dueling process, as we have seen uh, very often. Absolutely. I, I really like the fact that tactical maneuvers, because a fiction called tactical maneuvers, you expect you ex- expect it to be military, but no, this is all court stuff, and yes, I really like and that. and really court stuff. Mm. Some really really nice stuff in that. I did enjoy that. Um, and I must have said, was accidentally offending the spirit. He accidentally offended the spirit with a sword in the face. Well, okay, yes. It must be clear. <laughs> this is a, you know, traditional Kikita hemicorporectomy, uh, which yeah. is my favorite Kikita technique that involves bisecting the opponent. Yeah. Um, it has to be said, though, that this is one, of the, one of the many things we learn is that in the Sacred Grove where this took place, where they were in fact just having a nice chat until this bat-vomiting beastie started doing his thing. <laughs> Sorry, you're doing what? Yeah, loads of bats. Like, okay. But yeah, it, it is. It, it, that was a Sacred Grove. You're not allowed to shed blood without 
asking leave of the spirits first. Yes, it is forbidden. However, on the other hand, it's really hard to argue with Kaizen for his attack here, mm. being as he was being attacked by a Nodepo, which is a yokai. And if you have ever gotten the chance to go to yokai.com, you should definitely go to yokai.com and hang out for a few hours and learn about all the yokai. But a Nodepo is a yokai resembling an overly large flying squirrel that vomits blood-sucking bats. And this is what showed up in the grove. These uh, yokai swoop down from the trees at night. They extinguish flames. They latch onto humans' faces. They smother them and suck out their blood. So if I were being attacked by an odepo, I would appreciate a Kenjin providing the uh, proper hemicorporectomy to stop that from happening. Absolutely. Kozunabu might be capable of handling it on his own, but let's face it, no one else knows that. Yeah, one of the things I really liked is that Kakita Keizin, as soon as he was told, no, you should not have killed that thing, he said, well, it was my duty to protect you. I will take on whatever penalty is required because I did my duty and I accept whatever. Right, no protest. Yeah, yeah, n n none of this kind of, I was just doing what I was supposed to do, you can't do anything to me. It's like, no, well, I, I did what I thought was best in the situation with the information I had at hand. I absolutely accept any consequences that are come my way. I, I really like that. I, I thought that was really neat. Yes, very, very honourable. What else did we find in here? What other law nuggets? Uh, we have another brand of tea. Which is cool. We always <laughs> we always need more of that. I like that. Uh, Pearl Dew of the Fourth Bridge, which is a fine tea, apparently. This is, this is the fourth, as in first, second, third. I don't know what the first, second, and third bridge is. Lesser teas. <laughs> yeah. In in Scotland, Fourth Bridge is the bridge, one of the bridges over the Firth of Fourth. And we now have three of them. <laughs> so we, have a, we now have a third, fourth bridge. But I suspect that's not the one they meant. So I don't, we, don't know, Probably we don't know where the Fourth Bridge is. But it makes some nice tea, apparently. <laughs> One of the things that was interesting to me was that uh, openings in the Kakita Academy are offered to those of other clans. We've had this mentioned before, but it's not often uh, explored. And those openings are highly sought out by parents who believe that their children are particularly gifted in artistic areas. Mm. It's difficult to get into the Kakita Academy, even for Crane, so... Just because you're the child of a crane samurai doesn't mean you get into the Kikita Academy. And it's even rarer for someone outside the crane to get in. Yeah. But the openings are there and available for... Player characters. I mean... <laughs> for player characters who are special, special people. But yeah. So that's an easy reason to do cross-clan school. Yes. From the Kikita school if you but want But it's it. a big thing for... Uh, trading favors and stuff so it's a really big uh carrot to dangle if you want something so well they just happen to be i mean i heard that that you know grandson of yours is quite good at i mean if possibly you never know might be able to get that's a really big carrot to dangle in front of someone yes i, I actually like the idea that the at least you know in terms of story that these Schools aren't quite so rigidly clan-only or family-only as they might appear on the surface. Because you can get the yes. impression that the Kikita stuff is only for Kikita and Hida stuff is only for Hida. But that is clearly not the case. 
and I think that that's kind of cool. So you can mm-hmm. get people who, I was born in this clan, but I was trained in this school, and I now work over here. And that makes for some interesting possibilities for characters, both in story and also for player characters in role-playing games. Um, as we mentioned, you're not supposed to keep hostages if you're not actually at war, but ways are found, and there are euphemisms. Um, not actually using air quotes, because that's silly, but uh, the equivalent. Yeah, we have a samurai mentioned who is on a warrior's pilgrimage, and he's essentially acting as if he is a ronin, to the extent that he's hiring himself as a bodyguard to Akoda Kage, uh, which is an interesting thing that, that people do. And so we don't know what this person's name is, really. We know the name they're giving as, as a ronin, and we're pretty sure they're uh, Miramoto trained, but we don't know if they ha- this is someone we have met before, or if it's just someone taking on a particular name. Yes, indeed. And we do know that uh, the daimyo of the Kitsune, if you need one, is Kitsune Gohei, which it was at this point in the old 5R. And Kitsune Kuzunobu is officially Gohei's nephew. And that's all I'm going to say about that. That is all we're going to say about that. I think it's time to move on. Okay. So, um, we were one of the things we're, we're thinking of, of adding in here is some ideas on how to actually run a role playing game. And it just so happens that you are beginning to start a new campaign, I believe. Indeed, I've got a new campaign warming up, and I was thinking about doing it as a Kikita Academy game. So, I am asking myself a lot of questions at this stage How am I going to run this campaign? What do you think of? What are the first things you think of when you are trying to come up with a new campaign? Yeah, because there are so many potential options that you can you can run a game in Legend of the Five Rings. You've got to narrow it down. Like, are you doing a traditional magistrate game? Is it comedy? Is it adventure? Is it going to be really courtly? Is it going to be? Is it going to be very lighthearted? Is it going to be you know, grim and dramatic and you know full of beautiful failure and death uh is it going to be politics is it going to be you know romantic when you start getting into are you going to start using the shadowlands is it is it a horrible post-apocalyptic nightmare (laughs) you know is it this that the other thing there's a lot of choices is it going to be urban are you going to be all in one city or are you going to be moving around a lot a lot of options i think when you think about what genre you pick as a gm i mean the benefit of being the gm is you get to choose yep on the other hand, you might want to take some things into consideration. If you're playing with new players, then it's not the time for the interpersonal drama, high court, every dropped chopstick is a cause for... Yeah, war war, and, and dishonor and... Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> you, you want to lead up to that one. <laughs> Uh, but uh, which you, these are options you might want for more advanced players and stuff like that. Uh, you need to start thinking yes. about, uh, is this multi-clan? Are you just going to have everyone can be from any clan? Or are you going to have a single clan? Is it all going to be mm-hmm. crane clan? Or is it all going to be crab clan? And that's because those both give you opportunities, but also cut down on possibilities which can sometimes be a very, very good thing. So you've run both kinds of campaign? I've actually, I've not run that. I've generally only run uh, very short campaigns myself. Uh, but I, I've generally done the anyone can be from anyone, any clan, because I think that gives the most possibilities. But I've generally not played with people who are 
not run games for people who are totally new. They might be new to Rock again, but they're not new to role-playing, so it's a lot easier to have those options and not it, not have it go completely terribly out of hand. Uh, but I've also played in... I haven't played a mono game, a mono-clan game, I have to say. But I've played a general magistrate game, played a few of those, one of which we were jade magistrates and not uh, emerald magistrates, which is the more traditional one. Uh, I've played games where we've roamed all over Rock again, uh, but also city-based ones where we're all in uh, the cap city. And I, I honestly can't remember now whether it was Toshirambo or Otisanuchi, but it was the capital is where we were. <laughs> and running a city game is very interesting because suddenly you can do things like, can we wait five minutes? I want to go get my armor, which you can't do when you're kind of roaming around in quite the same way. That's true. You have to take it all with you. That, and you can have family at home. You, you go home every night. Instead of, yeah, I have family, they're like weeks travel away because we're in unicorn lands. But if your family is right there, they're also at risk, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's another interesting thing, another question you want to ask when you're putting your, your, your game together. Indeed. When you're talking monoclans, there's some stereotypical stories that you would tend to do with a monoclan group. You don't have to do it this way. But if you have a monoclan group, it's very easy to do a Shadowlands adventure if your clan picked as crap. Yep. Uh, you can do all kinds of Shadowlands stuff. If you are picking a court-type scenario or a magistrate-type scenario, an Og Crane group is very good for court and human magistrate-type systems. It's almost better not pure court just because of the nature of Cranelands are generally peaceful, so that's where a small disturbance summons up the magistrates. But you're not ever all relying on magic, so that's why magistrate games, I think, work well with a all-crane group. It can also work very well with an all-scorpion group, although that's a kind of different sort of magistrating that you'd be doing. But there's been an awful lot of finding out evil conspiracies, dealing with the conspiracies... Um, through, let's, let us just say, through various means. But you can also do all the sneaking and hiding and deviousness type campaigns if you're going to do an all-scorpion group. Yeah, in an all-scorpion group, you can let loose on those low skills. Mm. So whether you're doing it as magistrates or more as a special forces unit yeah. to handle special issues for the Scorpion, it's good to use a all-Scorpion group for that. You don't have to uh, worry about impressing the other people out of clans and hiding things from your party members. Absolutely, which I, th I think is a, a, a neat way of being able to do that kind of character which can actually often be very hard to do in a more standard game. If everyone else is like, I'm a lion, I'm a lion bushy, and I'm a crane courtier, and I'm a scorpion uh, courtier. Yes. <laughs> that, that can be actually quite tough to integrate into another party, because every so often you just say, well, while everyone's asleep, I'm now going to do stuff and do lots of rolling, dice rolling and stuff, while everyone else twiddles their thumbs because they can't do anything because they don't know what I'm doing. Whereas if everyone's right. doing the sneaky beaky stuff, then I think uh, that can be integrated much, much, much easier. But, and obviously the other clans have their own thing, like the unicorn and the lion tend to be more military. Uh, unicorn has that emphasis on foreign stuff, 
lion more traditional? So unicorns do great with the uh, even even for Rokugani fish out of water campaigns or interacting with an outside force that is not uh, not Rokugani but not magical. Mm. They have the skills to do that. They can also have a fun campaign where they're trying to integrate into the main part of the empire as an out-of-the-empire sort of person. So that's kind of entertaining. We talked a little bit about that last podcast. For Lion, when people make Lion characters, one of the questions they're very interested in is questions of honor. Lion are extremely honorable and extremely rigid as a whole about their honor. There are exceptions, but they're extremely rigid about it. It's very letter of the law and very get it right. Right. So it, so the, the lion are easy to get into a conflict of Bushido style of game because everyone will have those morals in the group, even the more flexible one. It's not like I have a complex situation that I can look the other way while the scorpion party resolves it. Now I have to have to deal with it head on as a as a lion. And for both dragon and phoenix, they are both very good for dealing with the supernatural oddnesses mm. in in the world. Now Kitsuki magistrates are always you could do an all Kitsu all dragon campaign and do it as a very classic uh, detective Poirot. Uh, Sherlock Holmes kind of mystery mm. thing centered around the Kitsuki and the party with their various other clanmates, and that's a good adventure. They're also very good at working with the spirit supernatural. And the interesting thing is, the dragon are more interested in the internal mysteries, whereas the phoenix are more interested in the external mysteries, which can be a slight difference in the kind of campaigns you would run if you're running pure phoenix or pure dragon. That is true. I I think with dragon, you could do your most complex magistrating, mystery solving, human mysteries, because the biggest mystery of all is the human heart. Why do people do the things they do? And I think that that is a mystery that dragon PCs could really get into as well. Especially with the dragon view of everyone should take their own path. Whereas, like, Lion Magistrates, it's like, why do people do the things that they do? Well, they're wrong. That's why they do it. (laughs) They should do the right thing. They're dishonorable curs. And the Phoenix do this are much the same, to be perfectly honest. Why why do humans do the things that they... Well, they don't follow Shinsei's proper teachings. That's why they don't... That's why they do the wrong thing. Whereas, I think Dragon Mm -hmm. are much more... What has brought them to choose the path that they have chosen? Right. Dragon would care about the internal motivations of them. And obviously, in Phoenix, you could do uh, a school campaign and just do Rock Again Hogwarts. I'm sure that would be great fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Phoenix, they are very good at dealing with a complex spiritual mm. threat because they would care very much about things like the kami being disturbed. Most most groups are, but then you could really have the right skill set to follow that sort of mystery to its source and have the motivation to resolve it all within clan. Absolutely. Because you're you're in charge of it. You're not going to tell the rest of the clans that there's an elemental imbalance nope. and that maybe you should get help. Everything's fine. We can sort it. Because you're Phoenix. Absolutely. We don't need jade magistrates. <laughs> For example, yeah. to, to use a real story. <laughs> So those are some of the things you can decide on 
when you are trying to come up with the game you are going to run. Uh, we haven't even touched on things like where in the timeline are you going to set it? I mean, obviously, I think the default would be these days, the current FFG timeline. 12th century. Yeah. yeah 1123, things are going on right now. And, you, and as the fictions happen, they might happen in your game. Right. But I am playing an Emerald Stars game. Yes, Emerald Stars. I must get around to it. I, I do have, because there was an old 4th edition uh, supplement called Imperial Histories. There's two of them, Imperial Histories 1 and Imperial Histories 2, where they do different historical mm -hmm. periods, which is cool. So periods that were mentioned in the old card game, periods that were referenced as being historical, and but also actually mm -hmm. a couple of new places, but also alternates like possible histories possible futures um, what happens if Hante did not win the original tournament but Togashi won the original tournament way back when what kind of rock again would you end up with and uh, Emerald Stars is one of my favorites which is rock again in space absolutely so the game I'm playing is uh, an Emerald Stars Star Trek mashup where the Empire is going forth and exploring strange new worlds. So it is a lot of fun. I've also seen, in terms of science fiction Rokugan, a great Rokugan cyberpunk Warhammer, or, well, not Warhammer, more like cyberpunk Battletech. Oh, okay. And I've, I've heard there's a, a, a few, I've heard, I haven't heard the Battletech one, but I've heard there's a few cyberpunk ones where the great clans are. Megacorps or Zaibutsus, uh, which is rather a rather mm -hmm. a neat idea. Um, Battletech, the Battletech version sounds really cool. <laughs> yes, and so now you're sword fighting in a giant mech suit. Yeah, um, there's Iron Rock again, which is kind of um, not quite steam. Yeah, a bit steampunk. Like you take you mm -hmm. take the you know, kind of Meiji era, and they start of getting steam trains and firearms and all that kind of stuff and that's iron rock yeah. so that's a, a yet another i mean i i think if we give too many options people might start to freak out <laughs> well hopefully it it spurred some interest mm. because people might have played regular vanilla l5r for a long time and it's like haven't got any more ideas for l5r well there's there's many alternate possibilities and you can make your own uh I am doing something slightly different for mine from from base vanilla. It could be related to base vanilla, but I think you'd have to go sideways for it. Uh, there's just there's many possibilities. The main things if you are looking at an alternate reality is that you want to try and keep some aspect of the clans intact. Just 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 in general, keeping the great clans, keeping that uh, Japanese-esque feel is what you need. So I am in this Emerald Stars game. I have my Asahina Shigenja science officer on a starship, and he is a pacifist. And he you know, has calls upon the Air Kami to provide him with heads-up displays of the readings of the ship. I love that. That's amazing. And I have to say, if you're really, really new to Rock Again and you're really new to role-playing in general, there's a lot to be said for the beginner's box, which I have run 
I've run on, and I, I think is actually very, very good and is a very good gentle introduction to both rock again and role playing. So I think it's very useful for people. It, it's an introduction to rock again, the legend of the five rings, FFG system and role playing as a whole. Mm-hmm. Now in the beginner's box, you start as just below level one. In most games start up at level one with the RPG and this is all fifth edition. There are a lot of games out there right now that are still being played in 4th edition from AEG. And 4th edition was a very solid product. You know, in general, for the new timeline, and in most of this podcast, we'll talk about 5th edition and 5th edition rules and so on. But the 4th edition is a more developed project, and it's pretty well balanced. Some of the other ones are kind of like, not really. But... uh, so, so you have to pick, you know, your game system, and you have to pick your your level the characters can start off. You can start off with a high level campaign, but certainly if you're just beginning, you have new players starting off at zero level, almost one first level is is where you yep. want to be. And to be uh, current with FFG, current with the new materials coming out, you'll want to be in fifth edition. Yeah, I hope that was a good overview of ideas, things you might want to think about when you're starting a new game. Uh, we want to kind of try and, and, and deal with more more stuff as we go on. Um, so we, w- we will discuss other topics as we move on. Possibly each of those, the ideas that we've, we've explained, we might touch on later. And we'll talk about more events having to do with developing and getting into the game, yep. things you'll need to do to start and making characters we'll go into more depth on each of those in in future podcasts in between our big fictions as they drop if you have anything in particular you'd like us to cover do feel free to get in contact uh there should be contact details in our show notes and you can always find us on the l5r discord right we have our own court games chat room where you can throw up all your questions and we will be happy to answer them Hopefully you will all get something out of it and enjoy it very much. But for this week, I think this is us. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I'm Kova. And until next time, keep your jade handy. <laughs> <laughs>